everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, today we're in our series called Wild. The Bible talks a lot about wild stuff. God is our creative creator, and he's created creatures. He talks about creatures in scripture as illustrations, as metaphors that we can learn from. Well, today, we're going to look at one of the most majestic creatures on the planet. Let's bring out the bald eagle. We have a female bald eagle handled by Kelly Rayner. And this is a wild bird that will be returned to the wild kingdom very, very shortly. Is she gorgeous or what? Unbelievable. Eagles are just just crazy. They really, really are. They build nests sometimes that weigh over a ton. They construct these nests with sharp sticks and then they line the nests with materials that are soft like their feathers or moss, grass, and then when the eaglets are hatched, as they mature, they take away the, the soft materials, so the nest actually makes them uncomfortable, uncomfortable enough to fly. An eagle has great eyesight. They can see a 12-inch fish leaping in a lake five miles away. They have eight times more visual cells per cubic centimeter in their eyes than we do in ours. An eagle is a beautiful bird, a great bird. That's why God compares you and me to an eagle. Isn't that cool? God says in no uncertain terms, we're eagles. We can become eagles. Time is slipping into the future. Steve Miller was right. We have an opportunity to fly like an eagle. And today, we're going to learn how to fly. We're going to learn how to fly in our relationships. We're going to learn how to fly in our marriage. We're going to learn how to fly in our career, we're going to learn how to fly in our finances because the Bible has a lot to say about soaring and flying like an eagle. Kelly, thank you so much for bringing the eagle to us. Now, she's going to go backstage, and we're going to have the first ever eagle cam. That's right, an eagle cam. So while I'm talking, you're going to see this eagle. And this eagle's told me already she really enjoys Fellowship Church a lot. She said that, so... I'm very, very excited about it. That's right, we're all eagles. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're an eagle. That's right, an eagle. Eagles soar. They don't just fly. Yeah, they they do some fluttering and some flapping. They use, though, the winds and the air to soar. Eagles have been seen flying at 10,000 feet. When a storm is coming their way, they fly to a very high spot. Use the winds to propel them above the storm. They have a unique perspective. They don't see just a little postage stamp. No, no, they see the whole scene, the whole picture. That's the kind of vision that God wants us to have because we are eagles. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the prophet tells us, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. 
They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Now that is something else. That's a stunning verse from Scripture. But those who wait upon God. See the word wait? It means to expect. It means to take something weak and wrap it around something strong. Think about your faith in mind. Jesus said if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's enough faith to enter into a personal relationship with him. So often, our faith seems like a thread. Yet the Bible says we can wrap our thread around God's cable. The Bible says also that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. That is what is there for us as we engage the eagle in us that only comes from God himself. Those who wait upon God get fresh strength. This word fresh means to exchange. Think again about the eagle. The eagle molts. It exchanges old feathers for new feathers. And the new feathers are for a new season. When we wait upon God, when we get fresh strength, we have an exchange taking place. We have new feathers for a new season. God is preparing you right now for a new season, a new season in every slice of your life. You're an eagle. You're an eagle. You can soar. I can soar. They spread their wings and soar. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. You realize an eagle, the older he gets, becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's the way it is as we walk with God. We can get stronger and stronger. What am I saying? I'm saying simply this. The eagle is all about vision. Vision means to make out what most people miss. Eagles make out what most birds miss. A vulture is a bird ah! that pretty much eats roadkill. They feed on dead stuff, dying stuff. Let's be honest. We live in a culture of the vulture. Ah! Are you a vulture? Ah! Or an eagle? An eagle, on the other hand, soars. An eagle sees the whole picture, the whole situation. An eagle has this perspective like no other bird. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life I meet people, I say, oh, I'm talking to an eagle. I am talking to an eagle. After a while, though, ah, ah, I'm like, I'm talking to a vulture. This vulture is all about roadkill. This vulture is all about feeding on dead things. The eye of an eagle is formulated to look forward. God wants you and me to look forward. Obviously, the eagle can see a little bit in the rearview mirror. We have to remember the things that God has done. And so often, we forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. However, as we walk with God, it's all about soaring. It's all about flying. It's all about moving. Yet somewhere along life's journey, the culture of the vulture clips our wings. They, they, they tie our talons. They cage us and ground us. And instead of soaring, we're standing. Instead of really flying, we just spend our lives fluttering. Time is slipping into the future. And it's time that we fly like eagles. Are you an eagle or are you a vulture?
The Bible gives us the great account of some people who were fighting this fight. The eagles against the vultures and the vultures against the eagles. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Let me set the stage for you. In the development of God's people, we understand that God's people, the Israelites, were in Egyptian slavery for hundreds of years. God picked a leader, Moses, to free them up out of Egyptian slavery. When God has a plan, he picks a man or a woman, always. It's singular. He deposits his vision on someone. Then that vision is spread. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. God did all of this supernatural stuff, parted waters, fed them from heaven. It was just, 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 just crazy what God did. Amazing stuff. And the people saw it. The people saw life change. And it was, it was just a, a, a great, great thing. God told them about a tract of land, the promised land. And the Bible calls this the land flowing with milk and honey. God said, the land is yours. Do you get it? God said, read my lips. The land is yours. It's yours. You thought we're going to have to claim the land. God always gives us, I'm talking about eagles, a tract of land, a tract to attack. He always gives us land to claim, a tract to attack. Living for the Lord is adventuresome. It's exciting. We step out. We claim what God has given us. So one would think God's people would have gone, oh man, this is absolutely off the chain. All we got to do is claim the land. It's the land of milk and honey. It's a tract to attack. Yeah, it's inhabited by some, some, some pretty big people, but God has given it to us. We're going to have to fight. It's our land. We can do it. I mean, look what God has done. Look at the future. You would think, I mean, God's people, eagles, right? They're soaring. They have their perspective. You would think everything would happen great. Well, God says, Moses, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to pick 12 heavy hitters from all the tribes, and I want these guys to do some recon on the land that I've given you. So sure enough, these 12 spies, they're called, in the book of Numbers chapter 13, they went out and checked out the land. They were there for 40 days. They were turned back. And you know, because at that point, one would have thought that the entire nation of Israel were a bunch of eagles. One, one, one would think that everybody would be like chest bumping and high-fiving them as the 12 spies came back to report on the land that God had given them, on the track that God wanted them to attack. I'm sure the band was like, bump, 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 the spies are back, bump, bump, the spies are back, bump, bump, that ain't no jack, bump, bump, yeah, 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 yeah. You know they were doing that. So they came back, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to hear from some eagles. These people are visionary. These people make out what others miss. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, they, let me stop, they, say they with me. They. Who was they in your life? Who was they? Who were they? They. They said, they feel, they had been coming to me, they. Here's how to mess somebody up. Just say, who were they? Uh, that They? Uh, them. Them, yeah, those. Those, whose? And they is usually one or two negative people. Don't waste your time chasing down the they. Are you hanging out with the right they, the eagles, 
who were tough, honest, encouraging, and yielded to God, or are you hanging out with the wrong they, the ah, vultures? They, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruits. They were showing pomegranates, grapes, whatever. People were cheering, chest bumping, high-fiving. The band was playing. But, look at verse 28. But, whenever someone says but, everything else they've said before the but really doesn't matter. But, I love you, but. I'm with you, coach, but. I love the team, but. The school is awesome, but. This church is great, but, 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 but. Ah! You're dealing with a vulture. But the people who live there are powerful. Well, I mean, great. God said the land is ours. We're going to have to open up a can and clear it out. So now you're talking about the people of powerful. Tell me something we don't know. Ten of the 12 spies, not all 12, ten of the 12 spies become vultures. Again, have you ever met somebody? You're going, oh, they're an eagle. They're soaring. But as you get to know them, you're like, wow. Always talking about but. And this is a sign. If you know someone in your life is always going, blah, 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 but, blah, 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 but, blah, 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 but, blah, 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 however, Blah, blah, blah. Moreover, blah, blah, blah. But, but, it could be that you are dealing with a ah, vulture. But I love this. Ten of the twelve spies were going negative. They were vultures. But what happened? Caleb and Joshua, two of the twelve spies, two of the eagles. How do you know if you're dealing with an eagle? When the rogue winds hit, when the storms strike, they fly to a high place to get God's perspective, and they use the wind to fly over the vultures. And they're like, what are you guys smoking and toking? What, what, what? Check him out. Verse 30, Caleb interrupted. How do you know if you're an eagle? When vultures start going negative, when vultures start texting or twittering or littering or blogging or bragging, you interrupt. Eagles say, hey, <laughs> that's, that's fine, but here is what God said. Here is what I know. Here is where I'm flying. So, so, so Joshua and Caleb interrupted. They call for silence. Up, up. And they said, let's go and take the land. We can do it. See, Nike ripped off that last statement from God. If God wanted to, he could file a multi-billion dollar lawsuit against Nike. We can do it. God's given it to us. I'm an eagle. We're eagles. We have this perspective. I mean, we can do it. Yet the culture of the vulture is so powerful, so sinister, so violent, so Passive, aggressive, verse 31. We can't attack those people. How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? But. How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? We can't. 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 We can't. 
No, we just can't. We just can't. We just, we just can't. We can't do that. We can't try that. We can't go there. We can't travel there. We can't build that. We can't start that church. We can't start that company. We can't. We can't tithe. We can't get involved. We can't. We can't. Ah! We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. Look at verse 32. They spread among the Israelites a bad report. You know what I love about our church? Vultures don't last very long at fellowship. Vultures don't last very long at fellowship because there's nothing dead to eat. Everything is living. This is the body of Christ, the living, breathing body of Christ full of eagles. Thank you, eagles, for being eagles. Thank you, eagles, for soaring. Thank you, eagles, for flying. Thank you, eagles, for seeing only as God sees. Thank you, eagles, for making out what others miss. You know, I read this too about vultures. I couldn't believe it. I said it in, in our earlier services, and people thought I was just joking. This is a fact. Vultures, when they're, when they're roosting or resting in trees when there's more than one, they're called a committee of vultures. How do you know? How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? Let's form a committee. Because usually the majority is wrong. Usually the majority is wrong. Usually the majority is wrong. But see, it sounds so sexy, so American, so cool, so politically correct. It's like, oh, the majority is right. The majority is usually wrong. Leaders take people not where they want to go, where they need to go. And as an eagle, you'll feel lonely. As an eagle, you'll be like, man, I'm the only one up here. As an eagle, I'm the only Christian on my team, the only Christian at school, the only Christian in my fraternity, the only Christian in my sorority. You're an eagle. I'm the only Christian. I'm the only one. I'm slowly up here. Sometimes it is. But the Bible promises me our strength is found in God. We can take our thread, wrap it around his cable. Our new feathers are for new seasons, and we'll fly like we've never seen and have Victory and a perspective like no one can have but the eagle. They spread among the Israelites a bad report. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. If you're not leading, you're not hurting. If you're not hurting, you're not leading. Leading is not easy. Leadership. And speaking of majority, we've only done one survey in the history of Fellowship Church. Only one survey. Back in the day, we had 700 people and we did all of these these, these scientific tests, and we asked people, what do you want in a church? I thought that'd be cool. When we read the report, I just started laughing. I go, we're doing the exact opposite of what the people want. Wow. So leaders take people not where they want to go, where they need to go. If we had stopped there and changed, we'd have 700 people instead of 20-something thousand people. So I'm here to tell you, the majority is usually wrong. We want comfort. I do. I want to hang out in the nest, keep the nest soft, 
keep the grass in there, keep the feathers in there. I want to chill. Give me a Perrier with a little umbrella in it and, and massage my feet. That's what I want. But God takes out the material. God takes out the comfortable stuff. God uses those sticks to prick us and to motivate us and to stimulate us to do what? Fly. We can fly like eagles. So this, so this culture of the vulture can spread very, very rapidly. How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? They. How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? Can't. How do you know if you're talking to a vulture? It's always negative. They, they, they spread a bad report. <laughs> Just negative. Everything is bad. And then they grumbled. And then, then they used they all the time. So verse 2, Numbers 14, all the Israelites grumbled, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. They wanted to go back to slavery, go back to the whip and chain. What? Look at verse 4. And they, again, said to each other, we should choose, committee, we should choose, what does everybody else think? We should choose a maintainer, not a leader, a maintainer to go back to Egypt. Their worst fear was what? Oh no, we might die in the wilderness. What if we don't claim the, 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 the promised land? You know, that scenario sickness. What if we die in the wilderness? There's rattlesnakes here and gila monsters in the sun. Oh, what if we die? God's patient. He's forgiving. He's merciful. God, though, gave them 10 opportunities to repent. They didn't do it. God has a fuse length. God said, you know what? You're not going to enter my land. Because you're a vulture culture, you're not going to enter the tract. You're going to clock out. You're going to die in the wilderness. So their worst nightmare became a reality. They died. They became roadkill in the wilderness. And don't you know when they were becoming roadkill, they were like, wow. We could have claimed the land and opened up a can, and we could be in the land of milk and honey right now, but instead, we're becoming roadkill. And then the Bible says they cried. They felt guilty. Oh, God, we messed up. <laughs> Snot dripping out of their nose, tears. <laughs> and you're like, man, come on, God. I mean, seems like they're repenting. He gave them ten opportunities. Ten they weren't repenting. They were just feeling guilty. There's a difference in feeling guilty than biblical repentance. Repentance is making an about face. It's, it's, it's turning the other direction. Yes, we have to feel remorse and regret. We have to be willing, though, to turn from that sin, which they we're not willing to do. They died. Then 40 years later, this should have taken them a couple of weeks to come. 40 years later, the eagles, Joshua and Caleb, soared into the promised land. I want to give you just a little bit of homework. The drums are playing, my favorite instrument. We're spurring the horse to the barn. I'm trying to think of an eagle metaphor I could use. Yeah. The eagle is flying to the nest. Number one, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to incorporate God's vision in your life. God's vision is awesome for every single person here. It's eagle-like. God, show it to me. Reveal it to me. His Word tells us how to do it, how to live it in every venue, in every slice of life. The Bible says where there is no vision, Proverbs 29, 18, the people perish. How do they perish? The vultures. The vultures feed on stuff that's dead. Is something dead in your life? God wants to renew it. He wants to restore it. It's time to, to grow new feathers, to fly, to soar, to incorporate God's vision. Also, too, remember to love the vultures in your life. Maybe you need to fly over some vultures. Maybe you're dating a vulture. Ah! Maybe you've got a kid and you go, man, this, 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 this child is kind of acting like a Maybe you work for a, I don't know. God, give me your perspective, your dream. I want to fly in your framework. When those storms come, just fly to that high place and allow those winds to take you above it, through it as you soar and see the tract of land that God wants you to attack. Are you an eagle or a vulture? Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.